When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson tuning in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at Willpaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by uh, the creator of the draft season site, the D-line guru, the Jets preview site, Dan Essien. How uh, are we doing today, Dan? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm glad we got to finally do this. I know we've been talking about it for a little while and sure. been on Badlands a few times and done a really good job. And um, I guess... Obviously, this pod, I was kind of – I predicted the Jets to win on Sunday. Um, I think a lot of us felt pretty good going into that game of the matchup and was hoping to be able to come on here and do my first pod over the Jets over 500 and the whole nine. Obviously, that doesn't happen. I know the loss, and there's a lot of anger on Twitter right now, and everyone wants to fire Salah and Douglas, and everything's bad. What was your overarching kind of takeaway from, from Sunday's game? And then I guess we'll get into a little bit more specifics. Yeah, I think the thing about Sunday is it's hard to – there's just so much that happened in that game and so much like there's so many little things that could have like significant value, but you're not sure yet. Cause it's early. So it, it's hard to like zoom out and just be like, cool. Like there was a chance that the Bengals were going to be like, Oh yeah, we're, you know, we went to the Super Bowl last year. We have Joe Burrow. We have these great receivers. We're just going to attack. Uh, and then they would start, they would find their stride a little bit. We all knew that that was a possibility, but I think it's just the other side of it where, uh, the Jets' strengths, you know, need to be, need to look like their strengths, and they just haven't, you know. And uh, the areas where it felt like they had good matchups weren't good matchups, you know. In the end, uh, you know, their their best players continue to be their rookies, but they're just the veteran support around them is just isn't getting it done. So, I think once you know things started moving in that pattern, it was pretty clear to see where the game was going. And uh, yeah, it's tough, but it's like <laughs> part of it you expected, where it's like the Bengals are going to find something in this game, but the other side of it of just the Jets being able to counteract that. It just, it didn't go as well as you thought it would. Yeah, it looked, I don't want to say it looked like the Ravens game because I don't think that's fair. I think it was almost the polar opposite with the defense. Something's off. And I don't know, I don't know if it's communication as is pointed out. I don't know if it's scheme related, coaching related. I don't really believe it's talent related. I know there's some, Trying to think of the best way to phrase it. I know there's issues at safety, right? Like, I, I get that. I know not the defensive line is probably 
is better than they're being given credit for right now, but they're not better than maybe what we thought. That's yeah. uh, that said, like the Bengals struggled all year with cover two, and I know Salah said they played a lot of too high. I would beg to differ. Uh, I'm not sure they played as much too high as he's claiming. Yeah. And yes, there are unfortunate things, and communication breakdowns happen. There's four new guys. Like all those things are true, but saying there's six to seven miscommunications a game feels like an indictment on coaching. And I, I don't think it's, I know he's taking the blame off the players. I get that's what Sal does, but I also think it, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say. And again, don't put too much stock in what Robert Sal says at pressers. Trust yeah. me, it's not worth it. But um, offensively, it came down to two things. I thought Joe Flacco was as bad as a quarterback play as you'll see in the NFL yeah. and left tackle was a massive issue. I know George Fant's on IR now and the knees bothering him. It felt like a benching at the time. I know it came out. It's, it was more than that, but it, that's what it felt like. Um, and Joe Flacco not playing well, you're going to lose to a team that was in the AFC title game last year and won and went to the Super Bowl. So, um, were you more concerned Sunday leaving the game with the defense or the offense? Was it, was it more defensive for you? Uh, yeah, I think it's tough because the, the parts that are harder to explain in terms of expectations definitely lies within the defense, but I think the way their avenue to wins this year is purely based on their offensive output. Like the defense is going to have their highs and lows and it's going to be whatever. And I think that part is what everyone kind of expected going into the season, but it's the, it's the offense that's really going to, you know, carry them anywhere or not carry them essentially. Like they're going to live and die by how many points they could put on the board um, at the end of the day. And uh, when you have the offensive talent that they have now, we're seeing with, you know, Garrett Wilson's rise. We know what Elijah Moore is. We know uh, now what Brees Hall is was starting to put together, Michael Carter. Like, we know what they can get out of those players. So seeing, like, Flacco kind of drive down the production of the offense uh, single-handedly in that way uh, was rough. Uh, and it was rough to see players wide open not getting the balls. rough to see, you know, some play calls that, like, work and look to be getting people open not being executed in the way that they should be so i was a little kind of i was a lot more worried about you know how many things have to go right offensively now with zach wilson coming back uh because it's yes he's your he's kind of the you know every this whole season rides on zach wilson anyway but it's one of those things that came up a long time ago when like mark sanchez and so many other quarterbacks you know, past years with the Jets, you know, this one player can affect so much, but cannot affect everything. (laughs) So it's hard now to just be like, cool, everything that was wrong with the offense is now going to be fixed with Zach Wilson coming back. And we have no idea, like, like how well he could move. We have no idea any about it, anything about any of that. And we're just going to have to wait and see. So it's really just a lot of uncertainty there. Whereas with the defense, I think there's a lot more certainty in terms of like the things that are going wrong, um, you know, the, the coaching mishaps, the like everything like that, we know what's wrong. Um, whereas with offense, it's just like, ah, we might have a new set of problems when Zach comes back. We don't know until we see it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that's what's frustrating is, look, for anyone, I guess, isn't breaking any news, Zach's playing on Sunday. Um, there's, that's, it'll come out officially probably tonight or tomorrow morning when you guys listen to this, Zach's playing. Everyone I've talked to, he's more than fine. Like there, <laughs> there's, it's happening. So yeah. is that going to look rusty potentially? Yes. Is he going to make some stupid decisions? Probably. 
Is he going to make their offense not be siloed into seven step drop back game and checkdowns? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's a huge, like my, the concern for me is like the offense has so much talent. I don't like what's being happening with Elijah Moore. That to me is, is frustrating. Yes. And I don't like that Brees Hall has turned into uh, mm. Christian McCaffrey kind of gets put in the silo where he's like, <laughs> yeah. better. like he's not the, like, he doesn't need to be this past. I love that he can catch a bunch of balls out of the backfield. So can Michael Carter. But also, Brees Hall was drafted to be able to be a guy that could be give you a thousand yards plus on the ground as well, and they kind yeah. of feel like they abandoned it after three or four times. Um, I'm concerned with the defense because, and this is what I want to. This is one of the things I really want to get into with you. Obviously, is I, I tweeted out some of the stats this morning. Yeah, third down's a problem. It was a problem yes. last year. It's been a problem this year. It's the only. It's truly the one thing in this defense that's holding them back from being a middle of the pack unit at worst. Mm-hmm. The rushing game. They've other than some of the tackling late on the Cleveland game. By the way, which we all saw Nick, the way Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run. Um, yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's not just the Jets, but third down. Like they're giving up. I don't want to make. Sure, I don't. I have to quote it correctly, but like they're. You know when they don't blitz and on second and first and second down, regardless of the distance, like mm-hmm. they're not giving up 10, 15 yards, quarterback ratings below a hundred. Like they're not, I'm not saying they're perfect, but it, the defense is running the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Third down, especially third and seven to third and 10, they are getting gashed yes. and there's not, there's no sacks coming. There's, there's some pressure. Sure. But they're giving up big plays quarterback rating in the one forties. I think, <sighs> um, you know, no turnovers. That's third and seven's like a, a perfect, you know, pass rush down because it's not just screen game. It's everything. The playbook's open. You kind of know they're throwing everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's perfect. That's what you look for. Yeah, so yep. how do you, how do you see the jets either a fixing their third down issues or what do you see that's really causing these issues to happen? Is it just getting pressure and, and they're just not doing a good job of it? I mean, it's, it's really interesting because when you, <laughs> it, it seems like, and this is the thing that like you kind of have to, talk yourself out of because you're like, no, I'm not crazy, right? But when you look at it, you look back and you watch the games, it's like, man, it just seems like teams always have a perfect game plan for the chance. <laughs> like, but then you have to just be like, no, that, that can't be possible. It's not possible that there's a new game plan for third and long every time somebody plays the Jets. It's not. It's just they know exactly what's happening uh, and what they're going to see. And I think um, like a couple of things. So with how good Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed have been third and long, <laughs> Like it makes it even more of uh, kind of insane when you think about it. Like it's not on them that these that are not being uh, are being converted, and it's like great. So if it's not them, uh, then it's probably the middle of the field. They just have had ton, tons of issues at safety. Uh, their linebackers obviously don't cover as well as you'd like. Um, but it is it, at the end of the day, like this defense purely relies on getting pressure on the quarterback, and they just haven't done it. And like it, we can try to point to anything else and the Jets are still bad at, you know, defending screens, which is concerning. Uh, but like, you know, putting that aside for a second, um, if they're not getting pressure, it just doesn't work. Uh, and you, we, you know, you can't really expect anyone to, you know, strap for that amount of time uh, every, every play. So like, uh, it's just not going to happen. And uh, when you're not doing that, you know, that on top of the screens, on top of the inability, uh, to, you know, to to deal with, like, misdirection and things like that. Like, if you can't play teams straight up on obvious downs, like, it's just not going to work. Um, and I, I think that's a lot of what they're struggling. It's just, like, you know, teams are just, like, cool. 
you know, third and long, I know I'm going to see either they're going to blitz me or, you know, they're going to uh, have a really predictable coverage. I, know, I already know who to go to. I already know how to attack the middle of the field. And then they just win. And it's just, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just I want them to be a little bit more creative on third down and on every other down, really. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they're going to try to do that. It's only been three games, so. I was just going to say, like, what's, What's the fix here? Because look, when they've blitzed, I know the numbers kind of balance out somewhat mm-hmm. in the sense of like, they've only, you know, of the 99 plays where they've run coverage or whatever, you know, they've only blitzed 17 times, I think, or yeah. it's whatever it is, but the numbers are bad when they've blitzed. There's no question yes. when they haven't, you know, they've, they've gotten some better results. And I know you kind of did the thread together and we also Quinn Williams blow up on Sunday and yeah, I know Salah talked about it and, Look, that was one of those answers where I think people crush him for the bad answers. That was a dancer that I liked of, you know, Quinn, you know, he wants to see that fire. I think we all want to see Quinn fired up all the time. I think that's probably every, one of everyone's. <laughs> for sure. I know you're a soccer guy. Like, Quinn's like Mesut Ozil and these guys where their body language sometimes <laughs> doesn't reflect how good they're playing. Yes. And when they, things aren't going well, you point right to the body language. And, when, you know, yep. and, or Leroy Sané, for anyone who's a Bayern fan like myself, like, and when he's good, all of a sudden you don't care about the body language. So. Yep. I want to, you want to see that fire. And I think they're, they've corrected mistakes as the week's gone on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just slot, like Michael Carter's fine in the slot, but he's not going to give you Casey Hayward in his prime yeah. slot right. or guys like that. Like it's, exactly. you're not gonna, or, or Chris Harris, you're not getting that price. Right. So you got to be able to cope with that. I think CJ Mosley has been better than I think people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. I just think, think the contract number's tough. Um, Quincy was playing well on Sunday, but he still gets lost at times. And yes. obviously he's out now. Quan hasn't been used as much the last two weeks. And I, I don't right. get it um, I, at all. I'm, I'm just don't like he, he played really well. Um, he played really well uh, on the week one. And I thought he graded right. out. I think he graded out pretty well week three as well. Um, look, I don't, I don't think that the scheme doesn't work. And I know someone joked that right. is Robert solid Gus Bradley. Like, like, let's not do, <laughs> let's, let's not do that. No. Um, but uh, do you see an answer of Salas calling plays if I week eight, is it, um, is it just changing up what they do on third down or is it putting guys, is it getting a Bryce Huff involved? Is it getting more reps for Jermaine Johnson? Like, what is it? Because I think Quinn and Sheldon yeah. Rankin and Clemens for that matter, interior wise, the three, those three guys, I mean, Clemens has played more outside have been really good. Like yes. Sheldon Rankins looks like Sheldon Rankins of two years ago. Quinn Williams has been one of the better great attack defensive tackles. Yep. The edge play has been tough to yes. say the least, and it, it shouldn't be that way. Um, what's the, is it more of a, is it a scheme thing? Is it a play caller thing or is it more of talent or is it everything kind of needs to step up? So you mentioned the Bryce Huff part. And I think that's one where uh, I would like them to at least give it a shot. <laughs> uh, and like, I don't know, there might be things going on behind the scenes that we just don't know, but like, it just doesn't make as much sense now. I know, uh, Jacob Martin was a recent signing. It was a big signing. It was one they really uh, were excited about. Uh, but he just – it hasn't really worked out yet. It's only been three games. But, like, you kind of have to keep tinkering and keep trying to see what works. So that if that means less snaps for Jacob Martin and you try out Bryce Huff a little bit, I would love to see them try it. Just because the one thing that Bryce Huff does really well is that he gets the hell upfield when he's rushing the passer. Like, he has a great outside move. And even when people know it's coming, they can't do anything. Like, he had a great rep. I think it was against uh, Taylor Wan last year in, in the Titans game. And that was one matchup that I was like, ah, oh, he might have some issues with this. 
he did it. <laughs> Telemann knew the outside move was coming, couldn't do anything about it. Bend, he bent right by him, right? And so, like, when you have someone like that who believes that they can win every time on the outside, they're going to get the hell up field. And then someone like Quinnen or or uh, Rankins on the inside, they're going to have so like a clean pass rush lane. Just be like, cool, I can go either gap. Uh, and I know I'm going to beat my man because, like, either they're doubling Q or they're doubling rank. So somebody's going to win in the middle, right? So, uh, like, when your edges are doing that, it's so much cleaner. And Liget Zuzbel had a, um, a great quote from the game on Sunday where he's just like, like, why are the DNs, why do they keep crashing inside? They're just clogging everything up. Um, and that's that's what it's all about. Like, they, if the pass rush lanes aren't clean, like, there's nothing that Q or rankings can do on the inside because they're just like, well, okay, now the DNs, like, all the way in my gap. I just, you know, made my outside move, I ripped, and I can't do anything. It's either I'm looping, and usually with that, you're communicating uh, pre-snap, like, all right, like, we're going to do we're gonna do a stunt here, or you're, you know, communicating with your with uh, your end, like, cool, I'm going to loop around. Um, but, like, if, if they're not doing any of that, and they're just kind of colliding up the lanes, it's like, oh, there's nothing going on here. <laughs> uh, you kind of just mess it up for each other. Uh, so that's where I want to see if they could maybe try out Bryce Huff, is he really makes clean pass rush lanes. Um, and, you know, it's not... A coincidence like I don't know man like as much as he was hurt last year but like the games that he played the pass rush looked much way better different. way better look, you know if you, look at the games, if you look the first four games of the year he plays I know they were one in three but the week one defense was I mean, they gave 19 points on the road in week one. Mm-hmm. This town, not a lot of talent, by the way. If everyone remembers, like this was not um, the talent they have now. Week right. two, I believe the New England game, like Zach threw three or four picks and turned the ball over, and they still only gave up 20 points. I believe I think they lost 20 to six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, week three in Denver, same thing. Defense on the field the whole time. Week four against the Titans, he had a sack and a half. JFM had two sacks. Gwynn had two sacks. All of a sudden, I think. I don't. I don't know if he played week five. I think he might have gotten hurt. And then he, when he came back, the Buck game, the Bucks game, I think the Jags and like the Texans game here, something he was back for. I think whatever the seven games he played were the seven best defensive performances of the year. And again, I'm not saying that a guy that's realistically edge five or six on this team right. is all of a sudden T.J. Watt, but he is the most like pass rush specific guy that has the best bend on the team and. Jacob Morton keeps cutting inside every single time he's repping. Carl Lawson, I don't think, is truly back to being Carl yet in game shape. Like, yeah. look, Carl, Carl looked really good in camp, and he looked good in preseason. He's They were monitoring the hell out of his reps. It's not like he's going 30, 40 reps. I understand him, his reps being monitored um, to an extent. Quinnins frustrates me. Rankins frustrates me to a, a point. Um, Jermaine Johnson, Clemens, like these guys are 22, 23, 24 years old. Well, Clemens is like 35, but um, obviously <laughs> I think maybe whatever he's 25, but like these guys should be able to get, they should be more from them. Um, it's tough. They don't have a lot of depth interior wise. So like the rotations get to the Nate Shepard, Solomon Thomas is the world where they're on the field more than you'd like, but there's not really a choice unless you keep those guys on the field. So yeah, I, I, the problem is, is too, is this defense is meant to function with the lead or tied or a close game and that's where it thrives that's why san francisco goes up seven nothing early after pounding the rock and it's 10-3 and you have no chance because now it's like you have to step back and throw and what's happening to the jets offensively is what teams like the niners and the seahawks teams used to do is like we can pin our ears back and just destroy your offensive linemen but if you're not going to be gap if you're not going to be gap like um 
if you're going to mess up your gaps as a pass rusher, you're not just messing up yourself or messing up everybody else. And um, I know Jermaine's not perfect yet in the pass rush game. He's been really good on early downs in the run game. I'd like to see that continue. Um, and also you're not going to get better without reps. So these guys got to get reps at any, at some point, um, I guess on the offensive side of the ball, how concerned are you about this George fan? Obviously for people who are listening, I'm sure everyone's seen by now, George fan is on IR. Dwayne Brown will be back next week, but it's either going to be Connor McDermott or one of the two tackles they signed early um, this week. How concerned are you about the fan situation and more so like not just the situation, but at the same time, like how much does this affect their offensive production and things like that? Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's tough, but it's also like, I think by the time, you know, Trey Hendrickson was kind of going off in that game. You're like, what is going on? You know, like, uh, as much as like they've, uh, you know, thrown fan around and just been like, you know, play right tackle. No, nah, play left tackle. No, nah, play right tackle. Um, and he's had a hard time with that. Like, it just seemed like something was wrong because he looked terrible. <laughs> like it was, it, it didn't look like he could touch Trey Hendrickson. Um, and so, yeah, seeing that he's out now out on a, on IR, it's like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense. Um, uh, but I don't think, <laughs> like we, uh, I forget who uh, was kind of uh, posting some stats on, um, you know, what the Jets have gotten out of the rest of the offensive line. Like, it, it might not look much different <laughs> uh, uh, once once they have another tackle in there, um, because the way that uh, things were going for George Fant with the injury, like, it was looking pretty rough. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, they might not have too much of a drop considering the performances that are happening out of that spot uh, with the replacement, but it's just going to be all about, like, what their plan is, who's going to step in, whether it's, you know, Dwayne Brown coming off IR and they're kind of just holding the spot for him or, um, you know, just whatever their plan is for the rest of the season. They, you know, made two signings today, so we're going to see, like, how it shakes out because, uh <laughs> You know, they, they got to do something. Uh, they might try out a few different people, but like we know it can't be Conor McDermott because um, as much as it looked the same, it still looked very bad, which you don't want Zach Wilson getting hunted for the whole game on a bad knee. Yeah, look, I don't, this is, this is going to come off as being like overreactionary, but George Fant for the majority of his career has not been very good. Okay, he was really good last year, and I think we all were really excited to see George Fant this year. And Mackay Becton back, and I think everyone kind of knew the concerns, and George Fant's knee gets operated on and never really recovers. He barely practiced in camp. I, I was at, whatever, six, seven camp practices. I saw him play maybe 10 total reps. So hmm. this, is not a no, this is not new. Grant Hermans and McDermott took reps all camp, and Mitchell. That's why Mitchell, I think, is further ahead than people thought because yeah. he was playing all camp. Mackay Becton got hurt right away. Chuma Doga was hurt every single time I went to practice. So, um, look, Zach's not going to make up for everything, but when you have a bad tackle, it stinks, obviously. George Fan is graded out as one of the five or six worst tackles in football this year because, right. yes, he's faced Miles Garrett and Dafe OA and all these different guys. Guys, but he's also been struggling really hard with the knee, and it's not like he's a bad football player now, but he's clearly hurt, and he was compromised in the team. And I think they all, everyone kind of realized what was going on in that Bengals game. I love Trey Hendrickson. You shouldn't be giving up eight or nine pressures a game to Trey Hendrickson, let alone anybody. Uh, yeah. Michael Parsons had a great game last night, and he was like four or five pressures, two pressures. Right. You know what I mean? Like, let's, <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs> um, so 
look, they need to be able to scheme things up. They need to be able to get out of the move and they need to be able to use the, utilize that right side, which is obviously much stronger right now with um, AVT and Mitchell and, and Connor McGovern's fine. Um, he's not great. He's not a bad center. He's just, he's fine. Whatever. It's, yep. it's what a center. Most centers are fine. Uh, and Travis Fredericks and all these guys are not, uh, you know, they're unicorns. So yeah, they got to open up the playbook, the boots, the play action, the zone yes. reads, all these things that we saw when, made Zach successful and yes, the off script plays, but if Zach rolls out half the time, it's the right anyway. So it shouldn't affect them too much, mm-hmm. but you know, you have to be able to give him help and the backs and all these things. TJ Watts, not playing that said, Alex Highsmith is a damn good football player and leads yes. back. So um, <laughs> it, it, they're not out of the woods yet. Minka Fitzpatrick being concussion protocol is, I don't know. We'll see if he plays. If Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't play, the Steelers are missing their two best players that yep. totally wreck every game they're in. Mm-hmm. There's no excuses. So we'll transition to just a quick preview on Pittsburgh. Expectations going to this game and kind of what what do they need to do to win? Uh you win in Pittsburgh and come home against the two and you know, going to Miami team that's likely going to be three and one or four now. Yeah. So I mean again, the Mika Fitzpatrick thing, I can't stress that enough. That is a massive uh 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 hurdle essentially for the for the Jets in this game if they don't have to clear that if he's not playing in this game like it's huge um again like I, I don't even know what that's like having two potential defensive player of the year players uh on your defense <laughs> like it's it, it's a dream to be uh to be on the Steelers defense but um yeah I think for this game like they they obviously need their defense to just exist in the same way like middle of the road defense uh it's good enough uh for uh this game like they they need at least you know what they were seeing in week one in the ravens game um so that's definitely getting the hell off the field on third down getting some pressure on on mitchell trubisky they don't need to blitz him uh you know we have some conversation in the in the toj chat today like uh and it's spot on we don't like there's no need <laughs> to blitz mitch trubisky he's gonna make enough mistakes on his own um, and he's mobile, so you don't want to get caught up. You don't want to get over pursue. You don't want to get um, in situations where he's, you know, getting chunk yardage uh, and looking like, you know, Michael Vick. Like they had some issues with Jacoby Brissett with that uh, against the Browns. Like, just you know, stay disciplined. You don't have to over. You don't have to blitz. You don't have to over pursue. Just um, discipline, pass rush, and you'll you'll be fine. Um, and let the edge, and let the interior uh, pass rushers do their thing, stop like messing with uh, with their lanes. But anyway, that's a whole thing there. But um, yeah, I think middle of the road defense gets the job done. I think the offense is going to look better. I like, I obviously Zach Wilson's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be his like greatest self. He's going to be getting back into the flow of things. They're going to run the ball. Um, but I think with TJ Watt out, with Mika Fitzpatrick potentially out, they're going to have avenues and it's going to be, uh, a physical game, of course, every game in Pittsburgh, any game against the Steelers in general is going to be physical as hell. Um, but if they can play a little pissed off, which hopefully from last week, that's going to start to move throughout the rest of the team of just like, hey, like, no, I don't think we want to suck anymore. <laughs> I think that vibe is starting to come from not just Sala, but like some of the other players of just like, nah, like, we're, I think we're kind of tired of this. Um, and as much as like, you know, the Q blow up is about like coaching and scheming and all that stuff, like, I think just in general, when you see somebody like that, like getting passionate and, and like just getting fed up with the results, 
it's going to start to move through the rest of the team. So it's going to see, it's going to be a lot of just like, cool. Can this team be translate that to the field enough to put up with a physical team like the Steelers who are just going to try to punch you in the face, you know, no matter who's playing. Um, so, you know, kind of dealing with that on the road, it's going to be interesting uh, litmus test for them, but yeah, yeah no, they got to look, they got to, from a defensive perspective, everything's got to stay in front of you. They, the Steelers yes. do have, they have good weapons. Um, Pat Firemuth is probably going to have a huge game because that's what happens when the Jets play yep. tight ends. But mm-hmm. uh, it's Firemuth, it's Claypool, it's Johnson, it's George Pickens. It's going to be the shit-talking battle of the century between uh, yep. from Sauce and Pickens. Um, I'm excited <laughs> for that. Um, but Mitch Trubisky is their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if you look at any – if you've watched Mitch Trubisky play outside of the random 2018 or 2017 season, it's a lot of checkdowns. It's a lot of overthrows. He wants – he wants the game messy, yes. uh, which which I understand. And look, the Jets have. I, I hope we don't have to get in this situation in a year or two where Zach's the guy that needs the game messy. But Mitch Trubisky wants to run with the football. Like he, if you watch Daniel Jones last night on Monday Night Football, like that's yeah. a lot of what he wants to do. It's a lot of mm-hmm. checkdowns and overthrows. And there's going to be there. There's balls there that can be intercepted. There's going to be opportunities to hit him. They have to get pressure with four. They have to be disciplined with heavy lane integrity. You've got to be able to get home. The Steelers' offense line is really bad. Kendrick Green might have to start now. Um, so there's yeah. some injuries. There's some injuries up front for them. Najee Harris is awesome. Just wrap up. I think, like, <laughs> Najee's been struggling because, A, he's banged up, and, B, yeah. um, there's just not a lot of holes for him. Like, you look yeah. at him, and since he's gotten to the league, that's why that pick was so confusing for everyone. It was Najee's an incredible football player, but if you don't have holes, it doesn't really matter, especially with that running style. So yeah. um, offense or defensively, like I said, keep the game under, if you can get, if you can keep the Steelers 23 and under, I think you feel good about where you're at. Yes. Ideally you'd like to keep them, you know, between that 10 and 17 range, but mm-hmm. holding the field goals, keep your team in the game, create some turnovers. Offensively move the football. Uh, the Steelers defense got gouged last week by Nick Chubb and this Browns offense. Mm-hmm. Can you run the football? Can you expose some of their cornerback play? Can you go attack those safeties? If TJ Watt, the Steelers have never won a game without TJ Watt in the field. Do not be the first team. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> you, you have to, there, there's gotta be something there where you gotta say, how can we get home two and two play in Miami? Like that's all that matters. Get out of, it doesn't matter how you win. You got to win in Pittsburgh. Um, Wes, I'm gonna ask you two quick ones. These are hypotheticals down the line. Yeah. Is Robert Sala the coach in the 2023 season? And is Zach Wilson the quarterback? Gut feeling because Ooh. the season the season kind of quasi starts this week with uh with Zach coming back. So are they both in their positions when we're talking training camp next year? Uh, this is tough. All right, I'm gonna say I'm actually gonna say yes to both. Um I hate to to put a qualifier. But the key is going to be what the what the deal truly is with with Zach Wilson in terms of the timeout, in terms of the status of his knee, in terms of his just general status uh, as a, as an NFL quarterback, like how how he can if he can keep up with what it means to be a starting quarterback for the New York Jets uh, and the pressure that that entails, we're going to know this season, uh, and we're going to know by like his performances and his retention of the job, essentially. It's not going to be hard to keep it if he's healthy, uh, considering what we see from Joe, from Joe Flacco, but um, he can't really fall into the same stuff that happened last season where they had to bring in 
his quarterback coach to make sure he can hit, you know, checkdowns. That so, was uh, that story went really under the radar. The the Albert Breer story that Zach had the yips and uh, yeah. Let's end of the day. I, I agree with you. I'm not as low on Salah. I'm lower on the defensive staff as a whole in terms yes. of play calling and just just adjust for third downs. This has been a problem for a while now. You, they recognize it. They kind of talked about it openly for one of the first times I can remember this week. Yeah. Fix it. No, like it under happens. They, they lost to the Bengals. I think everyone's expecting them to play better, but it happens. Um, you're only three and a half point. The Jets would be favored if this game was at home based on the spread. So you have to take that into account of like, you're evenly matched with Pittsburgh in, in a lot of senses. Go win. Um, if you are not following Dan on Twitter, I highly would suggest it. There's a lot of, you know, if you like D-line stuff, obviously we always talk, joke about it, but like in all seriousness, I think it's it's worth uh, it's worth a follow. And, um, you know, obviously he's done a lot of really good work, you know, on the draft site and the season preview guide and, and all these different types of things. So obviously appreciate you hopping on, man. I'm, uh, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, dude, I, I thank you for having me on. Uh... I would love, love to come back again in the future. Of yeah, course, no, of course. Bro. Love we'll, talking uh, to you. <laughs> we'll, we'll come. We'll get. We'll do some stuff once. Uh, once they, hopefully, the Jets have a big D line game like they did against Tennessee or Cincinnati I, last year, and we can we can talk. We can break it down. I've been waiting for it for almost like. <laughs> I just need Lawson healthy, man. Once that once he kind of is fully recovered from I mean, Achilles injuries are horrible. Yeah, but I think you're gonna start seeing the regular. Nah, it, it'll take time, but I think we'll uh, we'll see him get there. But appreciate it. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back this week. I'll be back tomorrow. Brooke Pryor of ESPN, who covers the Steelers, will be on, and then Friday, Brad Spielberger of PFF will be on. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about all the guaranteed money the Jets have wrapped up <laughs> and all the cash they have invested in this roster and how they need to start performing. So we'll talk to you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks everyone for tuning in.